There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello everybody, welcome to the What Culture Gaming podcast. I'm your host Scott Tilford, joined by Ben Turner. Hello there. And Josh Brown. Hello there. Chaps, we've gathered here today to talk a bit about Star Wars. Now, I don't know what state, um, you know, what, how the Star Wars name hits you these days in 2021, because we've been on a hell of a ride, especially across the last few movies worth of uh, the different, uh, the sequel trilogy and everything. But um, I think with the word of Quantic Dream Star Wars game coming together, something that Kotaku have um, sort of semi-helped confirm by saying what they've heard about it as well. And um, we just thought we'd run down the general state of Star Wars games, things that are in development and where the brand is at in the video game space, because I feel like the last sort of decade um, pales in comparison to where it was at across the 2000s. Uh, and so we're going to talk about it a little bit about um, the Quantic Dream stuff and then get into, get into the rest of it. But where are you guys at on Star Wars? When you hear like the term Star Wars, do you feel like, oh my God, I can't wait, I really, really want more? Or does it need a bit more time away? I mean, for me, certainly, it's not where it was. You know, I remember mm. the excitement that I had for the sequel trilogy, you know, going into The Force Awakens specifically and just being over the moon and kind of not believing that I would ever see <laughs> another proper, you know, Star Wars episode ever again. That mm-hmm. has waned, but not to the extent where I'm like done with it or anything like that. I mm-hmm. really love The Last Jedi. I thought Rise of Skywalker was a little bit disappointing. I quite like um, the Mandalorian show. So it's, it's, it's there. It's a thing that I like, <laughs> but it's not a thing that I'm um, falling over myself to follow every announcement anymore. However, the games have always held a special place in my heart. And a game, which I'm sure we'll get to, the Knights of the Old Republic remake that's coming, mm-hmm. seeing that at the Sony conference, even though it was like the most minimalist trailer you'll ever see. I wish there was like more. That did enough to get me excited and hit Stoke the old hit the, fires. Hit the nostalgia receptors that Star Wars hits so well. <laughs> Ben, where you are, and you've always been, I think you've stuck with Star Wars more than me and Josh have, and you always kept up with the Clone Wars and the wider stuff, where you are on it in general. Uh, I've now sort of ended up drifting off into space, like imagine, imagine, in, uh, was it Revenge of the R4 <laughs> gets decapitated by a buzz droid and <laughs> flies away. I'm just someone with R4's head floating through the galaxy, hoping to one day find my way um, through any sort of system in, tw- was it 12 parsecs? I don't even know anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I've gone sort of almost ice cold. I was on it more than both of you for a, mm-hmm. a long time. I love myself a cheeky um, Mando. I love that show. You saw Rise of Skywalker twice in that first week. I saw Rise of Skywalker twice. Um, it, it, I just ne- I just never want to talk about that. And the last year, again, I just, I'm so tired. Like, I, we can all have our different opinions. I go back, I, I, I've not not like some of those parts of those films more as we go but i mean like 
give me some more Palpatine every day, right? Mm. Ian McDermott is a national treasure. He should be protected for all of time. But yeah, um, I've gone through the Clone Wars. Uh, I try to get through Rebels. It just feels a bit too, like, just there, if you would say. And I've done quite a few of the new canon books. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just floated around. And that's me just really just floating with R4's head, waiting, and then somehow watching an Attack of the Clones almost like twice in the past month because we're editing a video for it on our Star Wars channel, uh, 20 mm -hmm. Things You Didn't Know About Attack of the Clones, and it came up in another podcast I listened to. And it's just, I don't know why I've seen Attack of the Clones so much recently. <laughs> I feel trapped, and I just want to get out. It's number one that it's actually really good that people like me just completely skipped over it for a long Don't time. That. It Attack is going to be good. You've no, if you've seen Wait, no, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of the Clone Wars. I'm thinking oh, of yeah. Attack of the Clones. <laughs> is no, not good Attack of the Clones <laughs> is a very different thing to the Clone Wars. This is the thing with delving back into the because I was like also like hardcore Star Wars fan, and then I feel like Rise of Skywalker. I mean, I dropped off after Last Jedi. Rise of Skywalker was just only compounded that general feeling of studio mandated creative decisions, which just didn't come together at all. And so for the state of the games, though, like those were always the safety blanket. Like Battlefront Two obviously launched really badly, but they pulled it back so much. And Battlefront Two is for me like maybe one of the the best star wars now. yeah one of the best star wars games ever made like and very fan focused over time as well like they would put in so much stuff that directly appeals to the fans um and I, for me with star wars you, know, you go back to the the way that george lucas talked about like conceptualizing it back in the day and how it's this toy box that he wants to give to different creators and to see what they come up with for me the games are always the embodiment of that like i'll take the video games take star wars in video game form um over the movies for the vast majority of, uh, of you know ways that i want to interact with that fiction um but to bring it back around to games themselves quite yeah, Quantic Dream Star Wars game, um, according to Kotaku, is a more traditional action game. Apparently, they're potentially going for an open world setting with multiplayer elements um, to the point where there is internal friction uh, between the different dev teams as to the fact that the Quantic Dream themselves have never done this stuff before. Um, but it potentially sounds like Sony are maybe pushing for that stuff because obviously Quantic Dream, um, you know, known for their sort of branching narrative games, Detroit Become Human, um, Heavy Rain, things like that. Um, maybe they quote unquote need to do something like this more in the Sony mold so they can kind of monetize it that way what do you guys think of i know the, the pairing of quantic dream and star wars and then them trying an action game it was seeing this news the other day had i not <laughs> seen it like you know reported on by like three different sources i think by the time the kataka piece mm. came out i just i didn't want to believe it on the one hand you know it's quantic dream and while mm. i've enjoyed some of their games in the past like their reputation as a studio right now is not great there's like a bunch of you know allegations about you know harassment in the workplace mm -hmm. you know I, i'm pretty sure like david cage is maybe even on trial at the moment the last but... thing i read about him was that he'd got accused of a bunch of stuff and then he lost he lost his mind like had a bit of a tantrum on a, on a podium yeah. somewhere and then run out the courtroom so you know, yeah exactly so you know there's, there's a lot of stuff going on with that studio at the moment which kind of to me makes it seem a little bit weird that um the star <clears throat> wars uh or disney i suppose has kind of like you know licensed the game out to them in the first place then mm. like you said this is compounded by the fact that it's not even going to really be a quantic dream i think the kataka report said it might even be open world and have multiplayer elements yep. and to me if you want an, a multiplayer open world star wars game this ain't the studio you go to. You go no. to someone known for open world or multiplayer games like they did with um, Ubisoft earlier this year. So the whole thing kind of just, 
it seems so strange, and I guess we'll have to see whenever it is announced. I think the Kotaku report um, confirmed that it'd been in development for like a year and a half, 18 months or so. Mm -hmm. So maybe we'll see it soon. It just seems, it seems like I'm living in an alternate timeline where <laughs> in our timeline, this doesn't seem possible, but I guess it's, I guess it's- Well, they've, they've never done <clears throat> a combat model. Like the nearest thing to combat yeah. that they've done is the quick time events where everything's mapped out for you. Like they've never really done a one-to-one Anything like that, really. Uh, Benray, what's your thoughts on, I guess, how they would approach a Star Wars game? I love me some Quantic Dream games. Mm. Uh, and the game's not like everything. <laughs> but um, and I, and I have them installed, ready to go back through them because, you know, Heavy Rain. Heavy Rain is the reason I bought a PlayStation 3 back I in the day. I love Heavy Rain. And I still love that game today. Like, I, no matter... No matter what, it's just a weird thing I love. But um, <laughs> I, I look at it this way, right? Gorilla had never made... An open world game and they had made Killzone mm. and whatever you say about Killzone they were pretty middle into like uh, and then they came out with Horizon Zero Dawn which is probably their best game oh yeah made. easily and yeah. took the took the industry of the world by storm and sold a lot people mm. love themselves some robot dinosaurs now Quantic Dream's a weird one because yeah we, we've only ever had Quantic Dream games it's like mm. saying uh, a telltale game it's just like it's associated with that studio in some respect you this it sounds like eve's going on snuck in there and whispered in david cage's ear and go make this game and they're making an ubisoft game and for like <laughs> for better or worse we're gonna get basically an ubisoft ubisoft i'll say a different time throughout this pod i always do but um <laughs> it sounds like we're getting that from them and you know what it's a good thing because star wars and i think a bit like marvel as well throughout the years when they've been locked down to like ea and mm. james bond as well ea and activision take them and then they so like no one else can have this now this is our toy and then they make either trash or middling and then they don't really sink and that the the franchise almost like stagnate and gather mold and dust like mm -hmm. if you see how many games are coming in to fruition now after this uh ea deal ends it's just like well ea got the license and then they probably made sure their lawyers like if we put out if we squ squeeze out a game every now and then and keep some mobile stuff going it'll be fine and uh mickey mouse can't come after us but now it it's spread now i'm excited to see different takes and i'm excited to see some be really good and i'm excited to see some fail at this point really mm -hmm. like it you've just got to try at some point it is kind of crazy, like you said there, Ben Roy, how um, much they are hitting the ground running. And I mean, Disney, mm. when it, when it, in, when it, in terms of licensing out the brand, because I mean, the deal with EA doesn't even finish until 2023. They have confirmed that it is finishing, but it seems like they're not waiting until then no. to get anything in production. They're like, right, it's going to end. We might as well be ready for when it ends so we can have all of these games ready to go. So we can the have amount, like, we can have this. You know. The amount of time these things have been in development means that all these other, all these deals, all these agreements, the conversations were greenlit a year two years ago like i guess they knew it was in prep for the deal ending but then even now like you said it's, it's ended earlier anyway yeah i think i think the confirmation for the deal and again time over lockdown stuff is just <laughs> barely um legible but i think they announced that the partnership was splitting up last year yep. and then they yeah. immediately announced the ubisoft one at the start of this year obviously there's this in development and is there one more kotor obviously yeah like mm -hmm. they're doing that with aspire um yeah so it seems like you know they well, were the thing is doing one contract while they were signing the others, ending one yeah. contract while they were signing the others, sorry. 
Well, that's what I mean. One of the things that was doing the rounds is that there are more games in development right now than EA put out at all in their entire tenure. Like, the, there was that whole report, the amount of different things that EA canned over the years. Obviously, there was a the whole Amy Hennig thing, and there was a game that Visceral were going to be doing. There was just there was so many titles that could have got off the ground um, that were just sort of, like, severed during development. Um, but yeah, the idea of a Quantic Dream thing, um, I kind of hope that they split the difference. Like, for me, as much as Quantic Dream, for me, always falls down on the writing, um, I would kind of hope that they do, like, a, a really choice-based, like, what does it feel like to become a Jedi, like focus on all the um, different, like give me the Jedi Rose, let me wander around the temple, let me have all these different conversations, let me like build a lightsaber from scratch and pick all the different parts of it. And then I guess the the, the qualm is just whether or not they can actually do a combat system. Um, but assumedly with Sony overseeing it, they can perfect it. I'm going to say I'd rather not and rather do something mm. not Jedi-ish and have them on the periphery Ooh. and maybe just do something different. Oh, like you're just in the... that world, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean like we're going to get a billion games of the glowy light tubes coming out soon. And I love myself some Jedi, right? Uh, I was one of those people that <laughs> trade, um, played Star Wars Galaxy and tried not to be a Jedi and was like, yeah, I just want to be a stormtrooper and I want to be a, want to try and drive the old at and then get harassed by people that would announce themselves as rebels and or get chased in the woods by a <laughs> rancor. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I would like something different. And I feel like we've, as you said, you didn't hit me until you said then, Scott, it's like mm. mixing what we expect from games now and then putting the quantum dream in it with like say for better or worse how they they turn out like the really sort of i'm trying to the the conversations that drew me into those games and those scenes and set pieces and how they craft this how they craft it all together but Mm. also have another game around that Mm -hmm. i would like that more like a another kotori style rpg but Maybe doing something else. Maybe just you know getting Jabba the Hutt's laundry, or maybe you take up the mantle of Watto <laughs> as he sees out his final years. Trying he to... just plays uh, salacious crumb, just yeah. sort of organizing the uh, the documents. Yeah, or I mean, Captain, I just... Captain Panaka. Yeah, we never find out what happens between after Phantom Menace and when he joins mm-hmm. up with old Ian McDermott in the Empire again. Get the get the Captain Panaka chronicles going. To be fair, uh, Major Eaton as well. But I mean, to be fair, the amount of, like, of stories that are yet to be told that are away from the go-to stuff that I feel like maybe does play into Quantic Dream's strength. Like for me, it's like their signature stuff is throwing so much money at the screen. Like there is so much money in Detroit Become Human. Like that thing is opulent as hell. It's just dripping in production quality. And I kind of wonder like, like a Star Wars game with that level budget and the, like the most capture and everything else like that's that's a hell of a thing in itself um, and i don't want them to lose that necessarily if they go down the action route or they sort of make an open world game with multiplayer elements um i would hope that there is some sort of character driven thing and um, that makes it like a quantum dream thing but the Killzone horizon uh, comparison is like spot on because then they, they could absolutely do something that really puts them on the map with a wider bunch of people because i don't know that many people that even played detroit become human like it's i know it's sold well enough but it's not like i know you did <laughs> and it's i know you guys both did but um one of the best games of that year I that's maybe yeah it can be and so I think that it's a it's they're an interesting studio basically I think they've got a lot more um, ground to gain than um, you know they should be known by a lot more people. Um, next thing down um, these aren't in any particular order other than just sort of general importance but um, the, yeah the Knights of the Old Republic remake um, which was announced at the PlayStation Showcase coming to PlayStation Five um, for a year it's only a timed exclusive for a year um, first time it'll be on PlayStation though that thing was essentially an Xbox exclusive outside of PC um, where are you guys on that and what kind of gameplay do you want from it what do you, what's your expectations for how they'll reapproach it can i quickly tell you a story that you can at the weekend or maybe it was the actually it was the weekend it was announced because it is correct me if i'm wrong but it's, it's aspire doing it yeah yes. they're doing like the part doing yeah bioware's it. not yes. involved well i didn't really know who this company was and mm. i found myself that weekend with nothing Outcast to play because i managed to yes right okay because i'd finished um 
Deathloop. So I was looking for something to play. And on the store, I saw Stubbs the Zombie, <laughs> the remaster, yes. for a crisp £10 note. So I bought that. And when I booted it up, the Aspire logo came on. And I was like, wow, they've, they're they jumping from this to KOTOR Ali. So that made me... Um, I don't <laughs> that know is the leap. That made yeah, me from feel, 2003 to 2021. I need to, I need to, jump, I need to jump in here quickly. Like, one minute thing. What are you thinking of Stubbs so far? Because this has <laughs> blown my mind. I, play, I love I that he doesn't tell be... us this until we're recording and then he busts out the, the Stubbs <laughs> I, played, I played Stubbs earlier this year and both of you just sort of right? like gave me a wet fart. They're like, Hadouken and just threw me away. <laughs> so I want to know, Josh, what, what do you think of Stubbs so far? Like, have you played it it's before? It's probably the worst um, money invested to time <laughs> gained um, investment I've ever done because I played it for 15 minutes to try and, again, you know, spark off those nostalgia receptors because I remember getting that for a birthday when I was very young mm-hmm. and I tried to play it now and I was like, I'm not no. going to play all of this. There's no chance of playing this till the end. That but game... I enjoyed farting around and eating some brains. Especially you do get to literally watching... fart around as well. Return of the Living Dead, you literally do. So it was um, it was good in that sense. But I sort of, I don't often get those moments where I think, why have I spent money on this? But this was one where I sort of looked back and thought, that was a tenner. I might as well have thrown it in the bin. You might as well have I love this. Um, Be that game, it has an age. But (laughs) the the thing I'm jumping in now and taking over this conversation, really, Aspire did the Outcast and Academy uh, remasters and threw them over there. And Mm -hmm. like, it's pretty much clean ports and they're really good. They're still Mm -hmm. really good games. I recommend them to anyone that's never played them. Some of the best Star Wars fiction there. Love Carl Catan. But the thing is, it's really, 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 uh, I mean, curious about. This is a remake, right? Yep. They've called it Remake. Uh, anything that comes out now is meant to be canon. So essentially, this means mm. they're canonizing Knights of the Republic. This is the thing, like, unless they say otherwise, everything that's come out, so not apart from remasters and like ports, mm. this is a remake. So essentially, this is what I've kept thinking. They're making, they're remaking this not only to make it a more playable game and more of a functional product, but something that's going to be within the wider sphere of Star Wars. And at the moment, Disney and LucasArts are trying to do anything but talk about the sequel era trilogy. So they're going around. And if they throw this in there, not only will they get a bunch of goodwill, I think it's going to be majorly interesting because I would like to see how that... I mean, you don't have to really fit, but you could just have Yoda walking past in the background and be fine, probably. But mm-hmm. I just the fact that they're going to retool things to make it more in line with what we have, I'm game. Well, I mean, the, the older public stuff is what they're aiming for in the movies, too. I know we've not seen very much of it, but they High did Republic, release that. Innit? High Republic. Is that, yeah. I don't know, my old High school Republic, thousands of years ago stuff. High Republic is like, uh, it's around six to 800 years before the Phantom Air. So Yoda okay. can be alive, whereas Night Zero Republic is like 2,000 years before. So right. no, So I said Yoda could walk past and he can't because it's so far removed from all that. That's why they did it, basically, because mm-hmm. um, at the time, I think Bioware had the choice to do something within the lovely era of the attack of the clones mm-hmm. or to go well outside the other <laughs> way and they chose to get the hell out of the clones era and do something then but i guess like either way it feels like yeah they're going backwards like they want to get as far away from the could the, be another final fantasy 7 situation in a way. maybe well so like ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates Fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's really interesting. I think like that's the thing in terms of gameplay because I went through a big old chunk of KOTOR like, earlier this year and I, I love the whole opening for that game. I think when I was younger, I just didn't appreciate it that much. But when you go back to it now, like exploring that whole Citadel, talking to everybody, all the different conversations, all the different alien languages um, and just being immersed in that place. It's kind of like the thing that you mentioned, Ben Roy, about if Quantic Dream did a game where you just play as anybody and you're just running around in this established fiction. Like I really like that stuff at the start of KOTOR. Um, but the thing that I wonder is um, what gameplay style they'll give it because it has that old school Bioware feel um, which, you know, Dragon Age Inquisition had in terms of like sort of a distance camera and you're picking what to do and you're waiting for animations to play out. Um, but you're still moving your characters around in real time. It's like semi-turn-based. And I kind of wonder what they do to modernize it, whether it is like a Final Fantasy VII thing. Um, you know, they make it more one-to-one. But I I don't know, like, I guess, what do you guys want from the way that a new KOTOR could play? Do you want like a one-on-one action game or should it, should it keep the strategic elements? I think, at least for me, I feel like Final Fantasy VII, you know, that has a great combat system. And I know mm. a lot of people love the turn-based stuff, but for me, that was a nice splitting of the distance because you still had Same. a lot of things tactically to um, consider during play. You know, you had your ATB gauge, you had your special moves, you had your limit breakers and all that stuff. So I, I would like them to go down a route like that. I could see them maybe doing an almost uh, modern-day Assassin's Creed-style combat system where you have control mm over you know your basic inputs your basic slashes your heavy attacks and stuff but then for your special moves you can fire them off with you know um assigning them to certain buttons so you have like these grander moves that were already in the original you know these specials Mm -hmm. that you could fire off so i wonder whether they do it that way to just kind of keep those iconic moves in there but make the actual um basic combat more responsive and more one-to-one that would be maybe my show for what they might end up doing Mm -hmm. Also, when I said uh, remake, uh, I want to clarify that I meant more jiggering around the story as well as... I was going to say story is a big thing too. Jiggering around the... I I reckon they will go... uh, It's going to be more of an action focus because I think that's Mm. what... Why, especially sort of like 
in in the le- in the most reductive term, I can be of the more casuals that would or an audience that will come into a Star Wars game because it's a Star Wars game rather mm-hmm. than something else. And they, I think, at this point, you it, they're going to expect something more like a Final Fantasy, where you can maybe split the difference and do mm-hmm. either or. But I'm curious to see because every that game is famous for a big twist, right? Are they going to change the twist? Are they going to tweak anything? Oh, else? they can't change the twist. Is it gonna? Is it gonna maybe look? more in line with the MMO they're going to bring things from that as well there's just so many things that they could bring into this to make make it really interesting I think anyone's going to be happy just for this game to be as is but look mm-hmm. pretty but if it's if the, if what I've been spouting to this microphone comes true um, this might be one of the most exciting Star Wars things to come around since I don't know for a long time well I mean this this is Solo. largely agreed to be the best Star Wars game of all time like I mean I would say that it is. I can't think of anything else that would occupy that space. It's, like, it's not my favorite, but yeah, I would say it's up there in terms of like the scope and scale and what mm. it does. Yeah, and I think so. You could take that original version. The only when I went back to it, I mean, I, I for me, I always like whatever whatever version of a game it was at the time. Like I think that you can go, all oh, these things might have changed over time, but I hardly ever would call something fundamentally outdated. Maybe a control scheme, like back when games used to fire with X or something. But for KOTOR, like when you go back to it, it had like a retro kind of charm because of the way the Bioware RPGs used to be, like Jade Empire and, and KOTOR and stuff like that. So like you could stick to that framework and it would give it more of an identity like in the modern day. Um, but I kind of wonder how much they do give in to just, especially if it's a PS5 timed exclusive, how much Sony have had words with the devs. Um, Square Enix give spider-man style to sort of go like okay this is going to be on playstation we're going to have it as you know it was unveiled at the playstation showcase so i wonder if they want it to be more like a third person thing or something like that um but overall <clears throat> excuse me the idea of reapproaching koto in the modern age is pretty awesome um next one down is um ubisoft's game which we don't know very much about other than that it is an open world star wars title it's made by the division devs um ubisoft massive um and it's uh, apparently said to be a huge departure from what um the division is there's a quote from uh, julian garrity um i forget who he was talking to but i did pull the quote um just saying that they truly look forward to creating something totally different from what we've done in the past while upping the bar for the industry um so i guess maybe no loot system maybe no what do you what do you do if you're the division devs i mean julian garrity was uh, he's a splinter cell alumni alumni as well um not that i expect any stealth in star wars but in terms of production value and tone and atmosphere um you know dude knows how to build a a pretty intense game so i guess i wonder what the hell that's going to turn into I am worried about this one just because of what the <laughs> Disney execs said when it was um, first announced. Because, yeah, while mm. they're saying there, it's going to be a massive departure. I'm pretty sure, like, the execs were still talking up about getting players to, you know, treat it like um, it's a game that they've got to come back to with, like, mm. an evolving world and all that stuff, which to me read usual. as it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be the usual. It's going to be just the same kind of um, monetized <laughs> systems that encourage you to play on the daily, to do challenges, et cetera, et cetera. I hope it's going to be more than that. Um, but, yeah, for the most part, outside of, like, the the more grindy stuff, the more um, time-wastery stuff in mm. the Division games, like, I think they are, like, really solid playing games and I feel like the level design in particular you know the cities in those two games I've not played any of the expansions I don't know where the environments go after that but like Mm -hmm. the two cities that they've chosen and like look gorgeous the attention to detail is incredible like living in those worlds is was the best part of playing those games for me even above the combat and stuff and Mm -hmm. certainly above the loot grind so if they manage to take that element which Ubisoft has always been good at whether it's been like Assassin's Creed whether it's been Split Cell whatever um, and manage to put that into a Star Wars you 
universe, whether it's, you know, a bounty hunter game, whether it's a Jedi game, like that's the thing I feel like would be a, a really good draw because like you said, you know, the production uh, budgets, the level of um, production quality on their games has always been incredibly stellar. So I'm excited to see what they do, but it's just I can't shrug those comments which swirl around in my head. Hmm. Do you think I, as well... Oh, sorry, go on. I was going to say, like, think of what ubisoft uh, have done with uh like assassin's Creed, where they treat each time period as just a new base for a game mm. like you take that in there and like you can take a planet or several planets like i don't know let's just let's be a squad of like say maybe we're just uh salvaging stuff throughout that's been left over from the clone wars from i don't mm -hmm. know let's go around dantooine let's go all around let's go geonosis let's go anywhere let's wander around bits of camino let's go to some of these planets and just be a, a group of soldiers doing some stuff or scavengers doing some stuff and mm -hmm. as, as josh had shed as josh <laughs> said the shooting in those those games and how those games play the division one and two are, are up there with some of the best i think yeah. um, i don't put words into josh's mouth like that yeah. but um those games felt really good it's more just the um oh another purple gun is it oh okay then. And, <laughs> well that's and, the and, thing right yeah. like yeah does it just become another do they i mean they've said that they want to do something that um, is totally different gold guns for god's sake it's probably gonna have it's probably gonna have that in there but i reckon the monetization won't be as harsh because of the legendary battlefront 2 that <laughs> ruined it <laughs> ruined it for everyone and made them all throw their toys out the toys out the um toy, toy box i'm gonna say but yeah they just didn't I want think... the toys anymore that's the thing <laughs> I guess I wonder, like, in regards to that whole thing with Battlefront 2, like you said, it's set a hell of a bar in terms of what not to do. I wonder what the hell those conversations are in terms of how how far can we push this again? Like, it's the Star Wars IP, um, we are Ubisoft, we are, we are EA, we are whoever. Um, what can we get away with again? Uh, and like, which, what, which one of these games is going to be the one that pushes it towards that um, that line again? But, um, yeah, I wonder, like, it, it, because you're getting the Division team, obviously they've, like, nigh-on perfect, third per perfected third-person shooting and cover systems, whether it is just a shooter, but it's set in the Star Wars universe, and, like, you don't even bother with melee stuff, you don't bother with vibra blades or lightsabers, and you just do a straight-up Star Wars 1313-style cover shooter, which we almost got back in the day anyway, and maybe that's the box that you take for that game. Um, next thing down, which is pretty big, is the Jedi Fallen Order sequel. It doesn't have a name, but we know that it's coming um, from Respawn. Um, yeah, what do you guys want from the sequel to that game? It feels like a pretty self-contained story. I know they bring Vader in at the end and it all goes full box-ticky Star Wars, but like in a really good way. But yeah, what do you expect from the future of the Fallen Order series? The more I think about Fallen Order, the more fit as mince it actually was you know i feel like it was just <laughs> such a breath of fresh air at the time it's a, a well-needed shot in the arm for ea's especially um overview of the star wars uh license you know i really enjoyed it i do think there's room for improvement i feel mm. like you could maybe um change the level design a bit it was already like a little bit vertical but i'd like to see more of those um powers like wall running you know your big jumps kind of come into play because while it was quite responsive there were some areas where i felt like it was a little bit stilted to go mm -hmm. from those wall runs into a slide into whatever so i would like to see that expanded on even more and be more fluid Um, i would like um you know obviously more lightsaber um customization which was an amazing part of that game and ultimately i just kind of want to see where this story goes because i didn't expect to enjoy the characters in that game anywhere mm. near as much as i did i thought you know they were going to be maybe forgettable or maybe like the time period setting was going to be too limiting but that really surprised me so when we got to the end of the game and like you said scott when um they started introducing you know darth vader in a proper physical sense and it's like raises a few questions there i'm just interested to see 
how the story of Cal goes. And again, because all of these games are canon, how it ties into the wider universe mm. in an interesting way. Mm-hmm. I um, Fallen Order for me just felt like a tick box game and it was almost sort of just there if I'm going to be completely harsh on it. And mm-hmm. I just think about it's just it's lame if I hit anything with a lightsaber and it doesn't instantly die, right? And right. for as much as you can do the soul <laughs> stuff, but if I'm hitting anything of a lightsaber, it, I can't I can't have this like I can get away with it when it's a sword, but I just can't with this. And I just thought it's dumb I like that they... I just sorry, I just thought it was dumb that like scout troopers can defend I, at any level <laughs> of a Jedi, right? And I, I don't know. I, I like where the story went and how dark you got, and I'm still sort of on there going, well, if they cast can't remember his name. Josh probably knows the lead actor's name. Oh God, Cameron Monaghan, I think. Yes. If, if they if they cast him, who's a known actor of the television realm, and I think some films, I was I put my flag in the ground and was like, this is gonna be uh, a series of sank at some point on Disney Plus. But mm. I mean, at the same time, it was fun. It was probably better than the Force Awakens games. Force Awakens is that right? No, Force Unleashed well, game. games. Right. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, which is like. I could give or take another one at this point. It's. I think it was. It was very safe. Like, um, I did like the way the because I think respawn have a lot of confidence as a dev, like as a dev team. And I, I, the thing with me was that towards the end, when you're finally storming the final complex before you go up against Darth Vader, is when you have the most powers and you have the most enemies coming at you, and you start comboing stuff together. Where it's like, you know, pull this guy across, like stab this dude, throw this guy over there, and you're channeling, you're like uh, chaining these moves together in a way that you couldn't before because there just wasn't enough enemies on screen. And that was the thing where I was like, okay, this feels great. And I get that that's the payoff to him learning a whole bunch of powers and rediscovering himself and everything. But that was the bit where I was like, I want a whole game of this. Like, this is the, the level of engagement that I like. I wish was across the rest of the game. Because there's a lot of platforming sections. There's a lot of exploration. There's a lot of Metroidvania adjacent stuff. And um, that means you're not in combat that much. And the combat that you are in, it's soul style. So it's like two or three dudes and then reset yeah. at the bonfire, go again. And um, and that's fine. And But like for me, though, it hit like a peak, which was a payoff to the end of that story. But I hope that that's where they start from in the new one. Um, and I hope that they just, just go. Like, just let me have a whole bunch of powers. Don't reset him. Don't have some weird way that Cal has to forget the stuff that he learned or whatever. Um, and let me... I hope they start that game with him with a hood on, Return of the Jedi style. And he's just... Nice. He's nigh on a master of at least all those base abilities. Um, and then go from there. Also, yeah, I just... don't do... Sorry, I was going to say, don't do the yeah. God of War gimmick. Don't do the no. thing between the first three games where they were like, you are the most powerful person in the world. Let's find a way Not to cursed. bring you back down to earth a little yeah. bit. Yeah, let's stab you through I, the chest. Sorry, Ben. I was going to say, also, like, I, I have some hatred against this game because you could have just used, like, you could have made that Kyle Katan. I hate you for that. <laughs> also, I, I get more and more tired of them introducing more and more characters that survive 66 and more and more jello mm. around and it sort of like for me brings down like this how special luke is to be around at that time yeah. period and why weren't the why i mean it's a large galaxy right but at the same time it's all involved in the empire and we've um seen with the mandalorian that uh mm. force users can connect in certain ways like why was there no allusion to this i know that though those films were made back in the 60s uh, 70s and 80s and now we're talking about games coming out in the 2020s but at the mm-hmm. same time i just the more stuff you cram into that period like at one point you can probably go now and find out every single day of darth vader's existence and what he's done at this point, <laughs> right? and then all these other characters like what were you doing and how like how is this character gonna die at some point or whatever mm-hmm. and for me that's why it sort of falls flat that's why i'm more excited for the fervor of stuff or stuff that goes beyond what we've had because mm. 
the more you plug into this, especially with Force stuff and Jedi, and it's got to be canon. Well, yeah, I think that was obviously the thing that they try to do so much in the movies as well. It was, oh, hey, by the way, this story was happening too, like all the stuff with Solo. And it's like that, I guess it works, it's bankable or it's marketable, but like it depends how important that story is ultimately um, or how well it's like presented. But Jedi Fallen Order seemed to go down very well. It was the game that uh, there was some conference call thing or some internal memo conversation that EA had realized that single player games can actually work again. Um, so I, I, at least I'm thankful that it managed to convince them of that. Um, in terms of other stuff um, that is in development, there's Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga. There's Lego Star Wars Battles, um, which is a card-based tower defense game, which is now coming to Apple Arcade, which usually means it'll come to um, other platforms later, maybe Switch or something. And there's Star Wars Hunters, which was the game that was shown off as, oh my God, the next Star Wars game. But then it's actually like a mobile hero shooter arena battler mobile thing. Um, so just three other titles that are in development for Star Wars as well. But it's, it's a hell of a slate, like, you know, Quantic Dreams game, the KOTOR remake, Ubisoft's game, Jedi Fallen Order sequel, and the Lego titles, um, and the potential Mandalorian game, which we saw a little bit of footage of, which didn't seem very I real. I think that's modded Battlefront 2. Well, like so the, that's the thing. So it, it yeah. didn't look very real. And then, um, I, yeah, immediately I was like, that looks like the, the Battlefront running animation. But the conversation around that continues to be to be a thing, that like maybe they're doing a Mandalorian game. Corey Varlog. Yes, <laughs> get Cory Barlog onto it. Um, we should quickly end on the Mandalorian game. Do you think that's the most like viable thing to do? That is, you know, new. It's a new property, but it's old school. Like, what do you think? Easily, the fact that that hasn't already been announced boggles my mind mm. off. Because, yeah, I feel like that's a perfect fit for a video game. It's mm. an established brand. People who don't even really like Star Wars anymore seem to love the Mandalorian, but. So I feel like it has this like cross appeal, you know, it's obviously doing very well for Disney. And yeah, if you get someone like, you know, Sony Santa Monica involved with Cory Barlog or any other team really to do it justice. Like, I feel like the systems, the characters and the mechanics are all there to be perfectly it literally translated is, over. Like it literally is Even a video one. game anyway. Like, yeah, like yeah. I couldn't believe, cause I got to it way later than you guys. Like I couldn't mm-hmm. believe how much season one, like already took from video games. Yep. So it's almost like it would repair the favor anyway. Like but fetch yeah, quests, like, armor unlocks, like yeah. literally. Whether, whether this happens, um, whether it's announced this year, whether it's announced next year, whether it's announced in like three years time, it's, it's, it's gotta happen. If it doesn't, mm. I will be, I'll eat this hat. You'll, I was just saying, you'll, you'll, every single bit of that hat. Mr. Benroy, what do you think of Mandalorian tie-ins? Well, Star Wars um, Bounty Hunter is one of the best Star Wars games of all time. And yep. so why, why, why not just do that again, but control like a modern video game and then let's go sort of thing. Yeah, what you, t- what you both have just said, the Mandalorian is a video game. The, the series, it, like, yep. armor and locks and all that sort of stuff. So just do that. Give it to me. Give me what I want. I ain't got nothing more to say. <laughs> give me the best car and give me the, the spears and everything else going forward. But um, yes, let us know what you think down in the comments below of, I guess, where Star Wars is at for you and what sort of titles you're looking forward to and what the living hell Quantic Dream Star Wars game is going to be. Um, for now, though, this has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Hilford, joined by Ben Roy Turner. May the force be with you. <laughs> and Josh Brown. Goodbye there. I was going to go with always, which I will. Always yeah. and goodbye. Yeah. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.